um, for the song leader on Sunday mornings, you've got to watch. Don't just let the thing play. Watch for the song leader because we. I was watching time. We have enough time with our three songs to be able to worship with the Holy Spirit saying stop. So watch that. Okay. Next week we will have the words on the screen, and so. Um, that's going to be very nice for us too and there won't be any children's church just yet and I got to figure out how far I can move with um, the camera because usually I'm sitting still on Thursday night and I can't move anywhere anyway and I can't see myself <laughs> I might see um, we got five minutes so I might see if our other stand Timey's going to want to use the stand for music unless she's going to put her phone there but but um, our other stand, it could probably sit right here on the communion table, possibly. And um, then we'll just adjust the picture. Corey adjusts the picture, actually. She zooms in or zooms out to make it fit. Yeah. I, I know, but um, Corey, Corey has been very good at all this technical stuff. And until she figures out how to do the choreified stuff <laughs> she's probably going to want to be more than just this and eventually because we're going to have to stay online we're probably going to get a camera or two eventually and then Corey is going to will be able to use the one of the computers to be able to do things really cool like like she would like to do so um, eventually we're going to do that you know and it's going to be really nice and we won't have to have everything up front here because we got space behind those two chairs to do things and um, eventually or we could like some churches do just put it in the booth and shoot from the booth and so it's always anyway um, praise the Lord amen amen um, God is it's so good having you all here sing louder though Sing louder. Well, I haven't been behind the speakers here, so I was hearing more speakers than you guys. So sometimes I just like to close my eyes and just listen for a second to you guys. I do that a lot on Thursdays. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She's got to make some adjustments. See, she's got to make some adjustments right away. And... Uh, <laughs> Is it on the button though? No. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure I sometimes do that. <laughs> so. We're time? Okay. All right. You tell me when we start and we will start. Okay. Corey right now is our director, and when she gets all this worked out, she'll. But we're going to be getting you to sing, and eventually I'm hoping we can figure out some way we can have a little bit of worship on the thing, to, or at least a song, a theme song, you know, that'd be cool too, you know, catch people. So am I making noise? Yes, I'm on. So, um, Karen, just make sure if this stops working to let give me a high sign or something, and well, good morning. Okay. 
Good morning and welcome to New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufall and we are so glad that you are joining us here on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Also for all our folks on our podcast, we welcome you as well. Good morning. Um, we are very excited. We got big news to share. Next Sunday, Mother's Day, we will be officially open. And you're going to be seeing some ads on Facebook about that. Also, we have some guidelines we will be following, and I'll be talking about that later this week, probably on our Thursday um, broadcast. But we're just wanting to let you know, we're officially open again on Mother's Day, May the 10th. We will be having our um, Sunday morning family service, meaning no children's church for now, no Sunday school, but our family church uh, where all the kids and grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads all are together. Um, one of the things we're going to do is everybody who's a family must sit together in their group and then be six feet apart from another family in the church. If you're an a single person, you must sit six feet apart from somebody else. And we're going to skip every other um, row of chairs to be able to do that. Families will sit together, and if they have to take up two rows of chairs, that's fine, but then there have to be a skip between. And so we're looking forward to having everybody back again, and we're going, we, we've been scrambling and finding um, hand sanitizer, and some of the ladies of the church have done a really good job finding hand sanitizer, and we've been having a dickens of a time finding Lysol spray. However, somebody was able to find some, and so we're really excited about that because we're going to be spraying down all our chairs after each service, and so we're praising the Lord. Anyway, um, let's get into the Word of God today. Facebook, I want to remind you of something. And YouTube, this is the Word of God. This is the good news that Jesus saves. This is the only book that tells you how to get to heaven. The real way, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so this is not fake news. This is real news. And the information where I'm going to share comes strictly right from the Bible. And so today, if you take your Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. And we're just going to look at verses 2 through 4 today. And I think this is an important message to share with all of you. We're having a soft opening this morning here at New Life to work out some of our kinks and, and see what we need to do to make our sanctuary even better to keep everyone safe. So um, I have the camera repositioned so I can see everybody's happy faces that are here today. But today I want to talk to you about how can we reach people for Christ in these challenging times. Just because most of us are having to shelter in place or the places we can go is limited does not change the fact Jesus told us to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every believer in Christ that is watching me today 
has access through their device to reach people around the world with the gospel message. So today, I want to share with you how we can reach people for Christ in these challenging times. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that nothing has surprised you. This COVID-19 didn't surprise you. It didn't come out of nowhere. Um, it did for all of us, but Lord, it didn't surprise you that it was going to happen. And Lord, I believe that you have called every believer in Christ to such a time as this. And Lord, you have done something remarkable. You have gotten Christians to go out into the world because they've been stuck out in the world, not being able to come into their sanctuaries. And Lord, we've been out there. And Lord, it has caused the church to um, be inventive, find creative ways of sharing the gospel. Lord, people are getting, coming to Christ um, so much more because of being um, out on social media than all the preaching we've done over the last couple of years inside of our sanctuaries. And so, Lord, we thank You for Facebook. We thank You, Lord, for YouTube. We thank You, Lord, for our podcast. Lord, so many forget that um, we should be thankful for the tools you have provided. And so, Lord, we are thankful for all those who make it possible for us to go onto Facebook and onto YouTube. So we thank those who work so hard at those two companies each and every day. We thank you, Lord, for them. And we pray for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for our creative folks in our church. I thank you, Lord. I lift up Timey to you. And thank you, Lord, for the, her um, trying to um, be able to connect with the kids of our church. I thank you, Lord, for Corey, who um, behind the scenes makes so much of this possible. And we thank you, Lord, for um, all the other creative people in our church, Lord who love you, who want to see people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, I pray that you allow this message to um, be heard today. That, Lord, this message would touch folks today, challenge folks today. Let this word be so anointed that they feel the anointing in their own homes. And, Lord, that they too would want to share the gospel with others in their sphere of influence. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's so nice today because I'm going to have my amen corners here. And so um, it's going to be kind of nice to be able, not just for you guys at home, pushing the heart buttons and the thumbs up buttons. And did you see they got a new emoji where that's holding a heart? I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to mean. If you know what that's supposed to mean, hey, can you type that in for me so that you can, you know, my age is against me, you millennials out there and you Zers. Can you help me out what that new emoji means so that I can use it appropriately? I don't want to use it the wrong way, okay? And so <laughs> let's turn in our Bibles now to Colossians chapter 4. <laughs> With almost all things... We're going to find out with almost all things, 
it starts with prayer. So if we're going to evangelize, we're going to tell people about Jesus, it starts with prayer. Let's look here at um, Colossians 4 and verse 2. Continue, Paul says, earnestly in prayer, being vig vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Now, that is a pretty good verse there. You know what Paul's trying to tell us and what I'm trying to share with all of us here this morning is that prayer should be the habit of every believer. If you're having some struggles, are you praying enough? Are you taking it to the Lord in prayer every day? Are you having that quiet time that the Bible suggests that we have, that we get alone with God and converse with Him? That's all prayer is, conversing with Him. You don't have to have fancy words. My word, I, I got some folks here that are old enough to remember all the old-timers in the church who go, Oh, Heavenly Father. Thou art so great and mighty and greatly to... And they would pray so beautifully in this um, Shakespeare language. In fact, in my first church, we used to have a prayer meeting on Tuesday night at one of our members' homes. And their uncle would come. And he could pray so beautifully and sincerely from his heart. But it was all that thou and these and thisens and thatens and all those things. He sounded like he was right out of the King James Bible. And some people think that's what prayer is, but it's not. Prayer is just having a conversation with God. Father, touch us today. Father, I'm struggling with this. Father, you know that I need to get to the dentist. Can you open one up to fix my tooth? You fixed. Father, you know that they want to go ahead. And you know what would be so cool? That maybe we, the church of Jesus Christ, the church, the believers in Jesus Christ, Christ followers would get such faith they wouldn't have to rely on dentists and doctors and all those things because right now you can't have an elective surgery. Can you? Some, we just think, are thankful in our region that Sanford Hospital is still doing some elective surgeries and we're grateful for that. Very grateful for that. But there's places in the country where you can't have anything done and people are suffering. And so you know what? We Christians should start praying for those who are suffering that God would ease that suffering and heal their bodies. Heal those um, knees that need to be replaced. Heal those hips that need to have surgery done on them. Heal those hearts that, that need to have a bypass or whatever. And um, of course, those, if it's an emergency and it's, it's, they're doing those surgeries, I don't want to make it sound like they're not doing anything. But don't let the habit of prayer be broken, especially when the world opens back up. Your life should never get too busy for you to neglect your prayer life and then add reading your bible reading your bible while you pray people are saying all the time i want god to tell me what to do i want to hear hear him speak to me well here you go it's if you open this book up while you're praying god the father will speak to you the holy spirit will help you find 
turn to the right place to hear from God. But unless you, until you start reading His Word, you're not going to know what God is saying to His people today. And then Paul says that most prayers should be made up of thanksgiving. Come on. If you're only going to God with your complaints, um, well, you know, that gets... Did you ever have somebody just come to you and complain all the time? How long do you really want to listen to them when they come and all they do is complain? They're like, you remember Droopy Dog from the old cartoons? Remember Droopy? He, he would come in, he, he never seemed happy, and he would look at everybody and go, I'm so happy, with a big frown on his face. And you just didn't believe it. What do you think God thinks every time you just come to complain? Don't just tr treat God. How about this one? Do we just go to God with our want list? Acting like he's a genie up in heaven? Oh God, I want that new Cadillac. I, I, I don't know if I would want a Cadillac, but some people think Cadillacs, you, you, you've arrived if you've got a Cadillac, you know? Sometimes it's just, we, we sound like kids. I want an Xbox. I want a new game. Gimme, gimme, gimme. God is not just there to gimme or giveth to us. Is he? No, Paul says, come to him with thanksgiving. Can you imagine? How do you like this? How do you like it when somebody walks up to you and says, before they start talking to you about everything, boy, you look nice today. Boy, when you colored your hair this time, you even got the rust. It looks good. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I'm getting myself in trouble there because a lot of husbands have been coloring their wives' hairs for them. And so, guy, uh, I, I, I have, my, my wife has the perfect hair. I, she never has to do anything to it. <laughs> of course she's giving me a look now <laughs> I praise the Lord anyway but be thankful come to the Lord with thanksgiving thank you Lord for a wonderful day thank you that you got me up today that I'm still breathing thank you that I'm not six feet under <laughs> come on thank you Lord that you got all my problems already solved Thank you, Lord, for my kids, even though they're driving me up the wall. Thank you, Lord, for my, my aged father who has to live with me, even though he doesn't want to do anything anymore. I thank you, Lord, that he, I still have him in my life. Thank you, Lord, for that car that um, every time I turn the key, you keep on running, even though it doesn't sound the greatest some days. Thank you, Lord, for my job. Thank you, Lord. Start thanking him. Start praising him for what he has done. And then you can go talk to him about all the other stuff. Because you know what? And then listen. We're talking about how to reach people for Christ. You know what? God gave us two ears and one mouth. We need to listen more so that they will listen to us. Take the time. And, and I... I I got some folks who get so energetic and excited about Jesus, they just can't wait to get it all out. But the biggest secret to, 
telling people about Jesus is to listen. It is imperative that prayer should go with our attempt to tell other people about how, how Jesus wants to save them and set them free from sin. Um, verse 3 says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. It is imperative that prayer should go with our attempt to tell other people about how Jesus wants to save them and set them free from sin. This verse reminds us that even though the spread of the gospel is under divine direction, and, and there's a perfect example of that in Acts. Acts 16 and verse 7, um, the Bible says here, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. This is Paul and his companions. They're trying to figure out where does God want us to go next with the gospel message. And it shows us right here the Holy Spirit is in charge. So we should pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to open up doors. Ask the Holy Spirit where we should go, who we should talk to. But don't use that in excess excuse to not talk to anybody because well the holy spirit didn't tell me to go talk to joe no 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 he will open the doors he's not going to tell you talk to joe most likely but he's going to go tell you to go and share the good news this also shows us that our sharing comes with some is also subject to satan's hindrances let me show you what I mean. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 makes it much more, um, um, I'm sorry, 2.18 makes it much more clear for you. It says, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hinder us, hindered us. This is why we need to pray, because Satan's going to try to hinder you from telling somebody about Jesus. You know, they thought that, that some thought that because we couldn't have church on Sundays during this lockdown because of COVID-19, that was going to hinder the church and stop us from presenting the gospel message. No, it didn't. So that's why we need to thank God for Facebook and YouTube and our podcast and the other means that we are using. Because God's word will not return void if we will just share it. Paul says, speak the mystery of Christ. Now this mystery of Christ concerns that which had been previously hidden, but now has been made fully known. And what is that mystery? That thing that's been made fully known, it was hinted at all the way through the Old Testament. It is Jesus' complete work on the cross and what it means. If it wasn't for Jesus' work on the cross, none of us would be saved. If he didn't die and rise again, we'd be foolish to even preach this message. But Jesus did die for us voluntarily, laid down his life, counted it all joy, and then on the third day he arose from the dead to show the world, I am who I am, who I am, that I claim to be, I am the one who can save you. And he got up. And he showed that he defeated sin, death, and the grave. 
And he became our first fruit of resurrection. And one day we too shall rise. One day we too shall be raptured. Hallelujah. And you say amen. amen. Paul mentions, Paul's mention of his chains here refers to Paul's imprisonment in Rome. Now this is a great example to us. Paul was in lockdown. <laughs> he was told to shelter in place and he had no choice. He couldn't even go to Walmart. He had to stay right where he was because he was imprisoned, wasn't he? You could say he was quarantined. And yet he found a way to share the good news of the gospel with us because we're reading about it this morning. And just think about it. He didn't have access to modern technology to do like you and I have, just like you and I have to do with it. Think about it. He didn't have that. Can you imagine Paul having Facebook? What he would do with it? Can you imagine Paul being able to go on YouTube and have a YouTube channel? My word. He, he would have been something else. <clears throat> or would some still ignore what Paul has to say? Verse 4 says, verse 4 says, that I might, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Wow. We need to pray that our words would become real to the hearer. That our words would become real to the hearer. My word, some of you, some of you sometimes think, I can't talk very well. Well, I've talked with some of you, and you're right. <laughs> however, however, when you pray and ask the Holy Spirit that our words would become real to the hearer, you don't have to be the best orator to share Jesus with someone. Paul said, oh, God, don't choose me. I don't speak very well. Some people believe that Paul had a stutter. Have Aaron, why don't you have my brother? He talks really, really well. Moses was saying, have my brother Aaron do it. And so God said, I'll make him your spokesman. But did you notice that most of the time, almost 99% of the time, it was Moses who was speaking to the people? And he was very effective. Paul was said, oh, Paul couldn't preach as well as Apollos. Apollos was the great preacher of the day. He was their Billy Graham. And yet, um, I don't read Apollos' words today, but I know what Paul had on his mind because the Holy Spirit used him and his words became very effective and it gave us our doctrine and what we believe. And he emphasized the message of the cross to us so that we would know the way of salvation. So we pray that our words would become real to our hearers. And what, what, what must we preach? We must preach Christ and Him crucified. Paul said, I don't know nothing, but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Um, Paul, I think you know a lot more than, you know? But that was his main theme. 
Jesus said, repent. His main theme of his message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't have to have a lot of fancy words to tell others about Christ. Then he says, he uses the word manifest. Manifest Christ as Christ ought to be manifested. Now, I, I, I went ahead to look at different translations and they all use manifest. Well, most of us around here would think that a manifest was uh, what was in the shipment, right? Most people think of a manifest as what's in the shipment. Well, in this case, what's in the pudding? What, what, what is it that we need to be saved? But actually, here's what manifest really means here in the scripture. It means to proclaim Christ clearly as you understand him. Just proclaim him clearly as you understand him. Don't try to be another great preacher. Just be you and clearly tell them about Jesus. The easiest way to share Christ is just share Christ's testimony himself. We um himself. We did that before the lockdown was. We were we were having a great service in church and the Holy Spirit spoke to us. So all we needed to do is share God's testimony, Christ's testimony of what God has done to save us. My word, when we start thinking of that, that takes the pressure off because we you know, it's easier to talk about somebody else than ourselves most of the time. Right? I see it all the time. Some of you Trump supporters in our church. Man, you, you can talk about Trump all day long, but to talk about yourself is like, ah! And, and, and I see you Trump haters out there. It's really easy to talk about Trump all the time, but it's really hard to talk. You, you get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to turn anybody off here, but I'm trying to let you know that, you know, let's talk about Jesus because he's more fun to talk about than Trump. Okay. Now that we have established the fact that prayer and sharing Christ with others go hand in hand, let me share with you an email that was written by Chuck Lawless uh, for his podcast that I received the other day that I think will be helpful when we think about evangelizing during COVID-19. And it's 10 ways to jumpstart your personal evangelism. And I'm going to move really quick here. So you might have to go back and rewind to get your notes here at home. Those at church always have access to my notes. And they can, um, if you need notes, they can be either emailed to you. I, I'm, um, they can be um, printed off for you and then given to you. All right? Um, because we've got to continue to do social distancing. Um, Chuck goes ahead and says, even, even as a professor of evangelism, I have to continually push myself to do evangelism. For what it's worth, and frankly, as a matter of accountability, here are some steps I'm taking to move in the right direction, and I like these so much that I'm going to be using them. Number one, ask God daily to let me see people as he sees them. I tend to, I tend to see people as the driver in the car who cut me off, the cashier at the gas station, and the neighbor whose name I don't know. God sees them as sheep without a shepherd and a soul whom Jesus died. Number two, ask other believers to pray at least once a week that I will speak the gospel boldly and clearly. That's why I'm always asking you folks to pray for your pastor. This approach is nothing more than what Paul asked the Ephesians and Colossians to do for him in Ephesians 6, 18 through 20 and Colossians 4, 2 through 4. 
If Paul needed this kind of prayer support, I surely do, and so do you. Number three, ask God to renew my fire for him. Boy, some of us need to guess the God to do that. Renew our fire for him. The bottom line for me is this. I do evangelism when I'm most amazed by Jesus. That's why um, Chuck Lawless wrote the book, Nobody's for Jesus. You can actually get that. Um, Nobody's for Jesus. And now I'm being challenged like never before to apply personally my own teachings, he said. Think about that. And you can get that from, uh, I don't think, I can't think of the press right now, but I can get that for you. Pray by name. Number four, pray by name for non-believers at least once a week. I often pray every day for some non-believer. But I have also set up one weekly focused time for praying that God would open the blinded minds of non-believers. We, you know, we started doing that for one gentleman in our church. He hasn't asked Jesus into his heart yet. But boy, we have seen a huge change in his life. Number five, strive to speak a good word about God to somebody each day. God is so majestic and his blessings are so numerous that I have no reason not to speak his goodness even if I daily speak those words to only a believer, I develop the practice of moving conversations towards God. That's a good one for us to start learning how to do. Number six, I like this one because it applies to me. Force myself to get to know people I don't know. Folks, I'm right here. I'm going to read um, Chuck's Lawless's words here. But it's almost like I could be saying them myself. I'm an introvert who would prefer to read a book. But that tendency obviously hinders evangelism. With God's grace and in His power, I'm learning to push myself out of my shell. Number seven, offer to pray for others. You could do some of you can do this really well with your in your neighborhood. Simply letting people know I'm committed to praying for them can open doors for deeper conversations. Life hurts sometimes, and folks who bear burdens alone are often both surprised and appreciative of the offer of prayer. Number eight. Commit to telling a non-believer that Jesus me what Jesus means to me at least once a week. If one of the above strategies doesn't help open this door, here's the approach I take. I go to somebody and I say, I'm a fellow, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I've made a personal commitment to tell others what he means to me each week. May I have five minutes? You've asked for five minutes, don't take twenty. May I have five minutes to tell you my story and you help me to know if anything is unclear. That's where that listening portion comes in. I've been surprised by how many are open to listen, he says. Number nine, use social media to tell the gospel. That's what we're doing. 
We're using social media to tell the gospel. I need to do evangelism face-to-face. But the Internet also provides multiple avenues for telling others about Jesus. I do not want to miss any opportunities. So now that we're opening up again, we decided that we're staying on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel. And we're going to continue that because some of the folks may not feel comfortable coming to church just yet because of where we live. We live in North, our church is in North Dakota where everything's opening up, but we, we're on the border of Minnesota where some of our folks have been told, stay home. And so um, they're doing that. And so, um, we, I, and you, if you feel like you need to stay home right now, I give you permission. You're not hurting my feelings because of that. We're going to be still checking on you. Okay. Um, number 10. Just be obedient because I want to please God. Just be obedient because I want to please God. Anything less than a lifestyle of telling others about Jesus and initiating those conversations because it models our God who came to us while we were yet sinners. If we don't do that, that would be disobedience. And so, my friends those are ways we can reach people during COVID-19 during these challenging times let's go ahead and put those in practice let's go ahead and try those things let's go ahead and use our Facebook time wisely let's go ahead and and I know a lot of you are on Facebook constantly because there's well, face it, there's nothing on TV, no sports, no nothing, and so you're, you go to Facebook and you scroll. Let's use it wisely. Let's take portion of our day and share Jesus with others. Can I get an amen? amen? Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this message that you put on my heart today to share with others. I thank you, Lord, for all those who are viewing at home. I thank you, Lord, that you would challenge all of us those here in the building and those at home, Lord, to share you with others, Jesus, because, Lord, you so willingly shared your life with us and you died on the cross and counted it all joy so we could be saved. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you still make salvation easy and all we have to do is ask you into our hearts and repent of our sin and ask you to be our Lord and Savior forever and and you do just that, Lord. You forgive us our sins. You make heaven our home for eternity. And we just thank you and praise you that we don't have to walk this walk on this earth alone, but you will walk right there with us when we have you in our hearts. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And if you're asking for how to get saved or more information on that, you can go and it's all laid out there what a person must do to get saved at WashingtonNewLife.org. And um, for those who were trying to find us the other day and you said, what happened to our website? Corey got it fixed really quick. Somebody was trying to clone our site and she went ahead and took care of it really quick and uh, it's all taken care of. So you can go there, WashingtonNewLife.org. W-A-H-P-E-T-O-N newlife.org um, God bless you. Can't wait to see you again on Thursday.
Thursday night, and we pray that you have a wonderful day. Amen. See you next time.